thinking about what uh, Gary just shared a, a few minutes ago. Because I, I feel like sometimes in church, this is what we do. We'll hear a message like that, and then we'll hear another message that's on something completely different, and we'll forget all about what we heard earlier. I mean, it, it bugs me when that happens. It bugs me when I speak, and I feel like I pour my heart out and really thought something through, and then right when I'm done, they follow it up with something else. It's, you know, and suddenly th their mind is completely off of what I talked about, and um, and I really felt like it was one of those moments where God was speaking to us. And I, I know at least he was speaking to me when he was asking that question, why do you exist? Like, so many people don't think about that. It's like you just wake up and you live life and you don't think, why do you exist? Um, and I, I was just taking it even deeper right now, going, okay, why do I exist right now? Why, why right now, in a few minutes, am I going to walk up in front of this group of people? Why did God place me, of all people, here at this time? With everything that's going on in the world right now. I mean, it is, it is insane right now. I, I mean, don't you all feel like this is the craziest our world has been in our lifetimes? And it doesn't look like it's going to change. I mean, call me crazy, but I don't think Hillary or Trump will fix it. Um, it's just like, this is insane what's going on overseas. I've got friends that are working with the Syrian refugees. You know, I got one friend who's in, in Greece on this little island. And he says every day, about 5,000 people every day come in on boats not knowing where they're going, having no home, every single day. Some days, eight to 10,000 people, and they're just homeless, wandering around. And now we've got millions of people with that. Then we read about the millions of slaves that we're just hitting, and we're going, what's going on? And I don't want to stay in my own little world. I want to ask the question that Gary wanted us to ask. Why? Why me? Why? Like, why did God, like, a lot of you guys know I, I write, but I, I, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, I was never a writer. I, I, can't, I can't write. My English on the SAT was terrible. Um, man, I, I, I was never good at it in high school or college. Why suddenly am I this author? It made me think, God, this, this, is, this was not a mistake. This wasn't something I even worked for. So why did millions of dollars come my way? I didn't think I'd make a million dollars in my whole lifetime. So why? Why did it come to me? So I could buy some nice stuff for myself. It just doesn't, I, I'm thinking just far more eternally and going, no, this is weird. And why was I invited here to speak again? And why were you here today? You know, just at this time, what, why do we exist Man, I'll never have another opportunity like this. I don't know what the world's going to be like next year. And, you know, we can plan five, ten years in advance and try to save up for that. I'm just going, I, the way things are going, I don't know if there's five, ten years. I don't know what is coming up. So what do we do right now? I, I'm, I'm a little bit scattered right now, to be honest, because I had a talk. And then uh, Gary really messed me up. You know, I, but he's been planning his talk for three months, and you can just tell, man, he just, he just nailed it.
And so, you know what, can I just pray? Because I, I was praying back there. I go, God, I don't know where to go from here. There's so many different thoughts going through my head, and I don't want to waste this time. I don't want to waste my words. I really want, like right now, for us to get a message from him. Okay, not just what comes off the top of my head, but really him. So would you seriously pray, not just close your eyes and, and just, you know, daydream, but, but like seriously, you know, because I do that in church. I don't know, listen, you know, but really like thinking through, because sometimes I'm up here and I'm not really praying. I'm just saying stuff that I think you might still need to hear, things I might have forgot to say during my sermon, you know, and I'm not thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm in the presence of him and I'm asking him for something. I'm coming in the presence and he's actually gonna listen to me. I would love it if we could sincerely come into his presence thinking about almighty God and say, God, could we have a miracle right now? Could we have something supernatural where you literally give a message, whatever that message is, have it come out of his mouth. Whatever passage you want him to turn to, just have it come out. If we could just ask for that and trust that it's going to happen. Let's come before him right now. Father, I want you to be honored right now. I want everyone in this room to just get how powerful you are somehow open our eyes to see how powerful you are. God, I want this so badly. People throw your name around like no big deal. They say the name of Jesus like it's no big deal. And God, I want us in this room to understand what an honor it is to come into your presence. And the thought that we were made by you and we exist right now, we're breathing only because you give us life. Help us to get that. Father, I want, I want these people in this room to get it. I want the world to understand how great you are, how powerful you are. God, even if it means I don't say another word. And you take me home right now just to illustrate your power. If that would bring glory to your name, then so be it, God. This is what I want. God, I want this world to get how awesome you are. And how it's not about the things of this world. That we would seek you. God, guard my mouth from saying anything stupid that would draw attention to me. You are so good, so holy. We worship you, and I just want to surrender my mouth to you right now.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I, I just got back from India a few days ago. Um, powerful, powerful time, amazing time um, with these pastors in India. I, I don't even know, I think it was the women there that even blew my mind more than anything. They had this group called the Sisters of Compassion. And there's these women, it's like hundreds of these Mother Teresa types. And I'm watching the videos of them just all day long. I mean, India, if you've been there, is just insanity. I mean, you just, poverty like nowhere else. Like Gary pointed out, over half the slaves are there. And you just walk around, people laying everywhere. You can't tell if they're dead or alive. But even beyond that are these slums. And beyond the slums are, are still leper colonies. And you see these people with nothing. Thing and they're, they're missing limbs and fingers and, not, you know, just distorted. And you see these women, they just wake up every day going and caring for these people, praying over these people, you know, bringing food and clothes to them. And you know, I'm just looking at these women going, man, every day they do this? this, this is, they're, they're like Jesus. And I was thinking, man, I wish the whole world could see them. I, and I started thinking about my daughters. I want my daughters to hang out with them for a couple of days and to go, see, honey, that's, that should be your goal in life. You know, can I be that selfless? And I was talking to these pastors and uh, Man, I gave this talk on persecution, and when I was done, the leader comes up, and he, he just starts calling these pastors forward. He goes, hey, brother so-and-so, will you come up here? You know, brother so-and-so, will you come up here? And then he just started telling me, you know, in front of everyone, out of a you know, group about this size, all of these high-level pastors that have just done so many things for the kingdom, he goes, this is brother so-and-so. He, he was in prison for 10 years in Nepal for preaching the gospel. He went in when his daughter was one, and she's 11 now, and he just got out. Here's brother so-and-so. He was, you know, and he just went down the line. Then he just started going, hey, everyone who's been in prison for the gospel, would you come forward? And I'm just sitting there in the presence of these guys and these women just going, oh, my gosh, what am I doing teaching these people? You know what I mean? It's just it's one of those moments. You ever been to a party where everyone brings an elaborate gift and you went to the dollar store, you know, that's what I felt like. It's like, oh my gosh, look at this group of people. They gave their lives, everything. And it was just so humbling. It was just such a powerful time. And so it, it, it has this real effect on me because you got to remember, India is like 1.3 billion people, okay? This is the way the world lives, like Gary talked about, we are the weird ones. Us in this room are some of the strangest people on this planet. For the privilege we've been given and the stuff we've been given, it's just, it's just it's an anomaly. It's, it's just a strange, strange thing. So why, why, why us? There's a passage of scripture that I, I, I want us to go to tonight. And uh, I was reading it last week when I was getting on the plane to India. Okay? I was getting on the plane to head to India. I already flew from San Francisco to New Jersey. It was like six hours. And then I was jumping on a flight, like a 14-hour flight now. 
to Delhi, okay? And I'm tired, and I'm with a friend of mine, and we're walking. And you know that walk you do when you get into the airplane and you walk past the first class? And, you know, you just look, and you, you just go, man, that would be so nice. And I was telling my friend, I hate this part. I hate this part. Just walking by, because it's like, I know I could be laying flat the whole time while someone's feeding me ice cream. You know, it's just, and I'm walking back and we're going to our seats and then it hit me. I go, wait a second. I looked at him, I go, I just coveted. That was coveting. I, I've never thought about this, but that's what it means to covet, to want something you don't have, to desire something here on the earth. But, but you know, in our world, we don't talk about coveting. We don't take seriously that it's one of the Ten Commandments. I mean, thou shall not murder. I get that. Thou shall not commit adultery. But covet? Who doesn't covet? Covet doesn't even sound serious. It's such a cute word. Covet. I covet it. You know, it's just, it's just not a big deal. It's like, but, but I'm walking by and I'm, I'm thinking this through and I'm telling my friend, man, I got to seriously repent. I have not even thought about that verse. I haven't even thought about that as one of God's commandments because we all covet it's become something that we just go, no big deal. We don't even know what it is anymore. And so I go back to my seat and I'm just sitting there praying, going, God, I'm sorry. I bet you there's coveting all over my life right now. I just haven't thought about it. And I am so, so sorry. Then the flight attendant came back to my seat and said, hey, a couple people didn't show up. Mr. Chan, you've been upgraded. So I learned my lesson and I got first class. So I go up there and while I was laying down in first class, I came to this passage. Um, seriously, no lie. I, I, I was thinking, you know, for another reason, I'm reading this passage and I didn't even notice what was in it. Um, I didn't realize why I turned there, but God had a reason. It was Colossians 3 and it says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Wow! Man, I was thinking about that seat, you know, set your mind on things above, and I was like, I want to read that passage. I had no idea, right after God had convicted me about covenanting, that at, that at the end of that passage, he uses those words, you know, put this to death, covetousness, coveting, which is idolatry, and on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Okay, that's pretty serious. 
This, this is what Satan does. Is he, he takes things that God absolutely hates and he tries to get in our minds that it's no big deal. Every advertisement, every commercial has one goal to make you covet. That's it. Every billboard has one goal. They want to make us covet. They want us to look at something on the earth and want it. And this whole passage is about, no, seek the things that are above. Have your mind set on heavenly things, not the things of the earth. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Okay, this, this is a command, okay? And I, I think sometimes we, we've trained ourselves sometimes in, in our church culture to hear a message and do nothing about it. Um, and then we hear another message and another message. That's why I want to go back to what Gary was saying and going, okay, he asked us some things and let's, let's think about it and let's figure out how we're going to act upon it. Let's set our minds on it. But let's do, he says, set your mind on things that are, but let's just do that right now. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. Okay, so right now, we can see each other, okay? We can see the tables, we can see the food. I'm saying, take your mind off of that right now. He says, don't set your mind on these things. Because everything you can see, the Bible says, is temporary. The things that are eternal are invisible. And he says, set your mind on there. Like right now, just think, just think. I know we can't see him, but just set your mind on this invisible God who sits on this throne. Set your mind on a hundred million angels right now, according to Revelation 5, worshiping Jesus on his throne. Okay? Can you picture this? He says, set your mind on things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand. Picture, the, picture Christ seated on the right hand of God right now. Revelation 4 talks about how, how God is glowing like diamonds and rubies and how there's lightning and thunder and fire all around his throne and creatures that are screaming, holy, 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 and how Christ is seated at his right hand as a lamb who was slain for all of us. And there's a hundred million angels all just screaming out like, wow, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Just like set your mind on that's what's going on in heaven. Just set your mind on that. And he says to seek that. It's like, God, I want to be up there. I want to be up there right now. I want you to somehow take my eyes off the things on this earth and get me thinking about the stuff up there. I want my heart to be up there seeking you like, oh God, it's so good to be in your presence. That's why the psalmist says in uh, Psalm 27, verse 4, he, he says, there's only one thing I seek, one thing I ask, Lord, one thing that I'll seek after. It's like, I just want to dwell, I just want to dwell with you. 
I just want to dwell in the temple of the Lord all the days of my life and just to gaze upon your beauty. He says, God, this is all I want. This is all I want. This is my prayer. There's one thing I'm going to seek after and I'm asking you for is every day, could I just have the wisdom to come into your throne room and just stare at you? Okay, to take my eyes off of everything on the earth and I just want to seek you and be there with you and go, oh my gosh, this is insane. I'm in your presence because of Jesus, because you sent him to die on a cross. He died for all of my sins and now I get to come into your presence. Me, who am I? This created being that's been alive just for a few years and here I am in your presence. I just want to gaze upon your beauty every day. I just want to be here and stare at you. Is this what your prayer life is about? You know, if I could get a transcript of your prayer life for the last month, and I just read through all your prayers for the last month, what would I see? You know, what would it say? I mean, how long would it be? (laughs) But beyond that, it's like, what do you keep asking for? What do you keep asking for? Is it the one thing that, that, that the psalmist is saying, like, this is all I want. God, I just want to be with you. This is crazy. This is insane. See, that's why he's saying, don't set your mind on the things of this earth. That's coveting. That's idolatry. Man, while I was in India, you should have seen the number of idols. I mean, they have like 300 million gods. And so they got these idols everywhere. And I saw this giant monkey god. I mean, it was bigger than this room. I mean, by a long shot. Just a giant. They were just finishing this super monkey idol. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And the Bible says, you know what? When you covet the things of the earth, that's what, that's what you're doing. It's like you're worshiping this giant idol. This coveting. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you have died. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. One thing I I respect about my dad is a good-looking girl could walk by my dad right now. He won't even flinch. She could be scantily dressed, whatever. He won't. doesn't affect him. Because he's dead. He died when I was 12. Okay. Now, I know that's really morbid. Okay, but I want to illustrate something to you. I know, that is, maybe that was inappropriate. But, but that's what this passage is saying. It's like, we should be dead to things of the world. He says, you died. You died in Christ. That means a beautiful car drives by. It's like, I'm dead to that. Man, I, my heart's up here. Man, my, I'm set on this eternal thing where, man, you, you don't even know. This morning I was in the presence of God. And I'm just going, this is insane. What am I doing up here? What, why am I in your presence? Look at you in all of your glory. You've always existed before you even made this little world down here. I love you. I love you. Oh my gosh, Jesus, why? Why would you send your son? Man, I screwed up. I rebelled against you and you said, sent him and he suffered and everything and now I'm in your presence for no reason 
other than your love, your insane love for me, and now I'm in your presence. A car, really? I'm dead to that. A big house, really? I'm dead to these things. I don't need that. See, this is what God wants, is the Lord is my shepherd. I don't covet. The Lord is my, are you kidding me? You are my shepherd. What do I want? Man, you, you have me laid down in green pastures. I mean, I seriously feel like my cup is overflowing. That's what he says in Psalm 23. Like, my cup overflows. It's like, I can't take any more. I can't even handle what I have. Please, please. And so the thought that I want something, that's just not true. When I'm in your presence, God, I'm just going, this is, this is insane. You're my shepherd. What more could I want? Man, my whole eternity is set. You, you've made my life amazing. And so this money, the millions of dollars you handed me, I just go, man, with great joy, I'll give it all away. Man, I was just thinking back there. I go, man, and this is not, it's not to brag or anything. I mean, it really was a prayer. That's why I literally prayed one day, God, I, I've got nothing, but I don't get all these rich people that they spend so much on themselves. If they really believed in heaven, really were content on you, why wouldn't they give it away? And I just flippantly said, God, make me rich. I'll give it all away. And then very next year, I write this book, and I make millions of dollars. And I go, honey, I'm not touching a dime of that. That's crazy. That's insane. Why are we going to have millions of dollars? It's not for us. I prayed this. This is insane. And, and I was thinking back there, you know, the hospitals, the, you know, the money, the human trafficking, or whatever else. I'm just going, look. I don't regret for a second anything I've given away. Man, I regret some of the things I bought for myself. But I'm telling you, as a 48-year-old man, I'm just going, there's, there's zero regret, zero regret. There's zero sense that, oh, I missed out on life. Man, because I'm driving a 15-year-old car. Oh, man, I'm missing it. My life's a mess. I'm depressed. No, I'm just going, I, I just, I don't want anyone else's life. I'm living the dream. But it's not the dream the world's talking about. It's this dream where I'm experiencing this intimacy with God, and I'm hearing him answer my prayers, and I'm just going, this is nuts, this is nuts. My cup is overflowing. But this idea, you have died, you're dead. Are you dead to the things of the earth? And I'm not saying I've got this nailed at all. This was a very convicting passage to me. And it wasn't just coveting a seat on a plane. I can't tell you that when a good-looking girl walks by, then I'm dead to her. No, thoughts go through the mind. I, I can't say that when I, I, I think about wanting to get great things for my children, this, that I'm just dead to all the advertisements out there. But I'm getting better and better at it. I mean, I'm to the point where stuff really, it's just, it's, it is getting silly. It does, I, and what I'm saying is it gets better. It gets easier. 
But that's why he's saying, but you've, you've got to die to it. Put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness. You've got to put this to death and be content in Christ, seeking things above, for you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And then when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you appear with him in glory. So the whole idea for those who are becoming Christians, for those even tonight who are getting baptized, you are being baptized in Christ. The idea is you're hidden in Christ so that that someday it's like no longer you living, doing what you want, and Jesus coming with you. It's, It's literally, wow, my life, I'm like inside of Jesus. I'm like climbing into him, and now I wanna walk around like Jesus would. I'm hidden in him, and it's like, that's my life up there. That's my life. It's hidden with Christ in God. All my treasures are up there where moth and rust don't destroy. It's like, oh, it's up there, it's up there. So you you look at my treasures, there's not that much life. But there's so much up there because it's hidden in Christ. And then it says, when Christ returns, I'm like, oh, here comes my life, here comes my life, here comes my life. He's here, he's here, he's here. You know, I was asking the leader of uh, this ministry in India because uh, he's led about three million people to the Lord through his ministry, and they're all being discipled. These 500 pastors represented 25,000 churches, okay? I mean, they're just killing it, going to the ends of the earth, going to unreached people, just hearing their stories, and I'm just in awe of it all, and, and I just, I asked him, like, okay, I don't get it. How do you organize all of this? Help me understand, these 500 men, okay, so that guy has 800 churches under him, he's got 100, he's got 300, they, they, they did this, help me understand how you keep this all organized, and he just looked at me, and he goes, you're so American, You want to know about our structure, don't you? You want to know about strategy. He goes, here's what I'll tell you. My leaders, they know God deeply. Like they love being with him. They know him and they're the most humble people I know. Because when you look for leaders, you guys all think it's talent, it's gifting, it's this, it's that. No, you look for humility and you look for a person who just comes into the presence of God and loves being there. Man, there's just so much that was convicting me. And I, uh, you know, even when I was there, I was like, God, I... I'm scared I've, I've just been going and doing things and not being with you and just enjoying being with you. And uh, even when I pray sometimes, I'm scattered all over the place. You, you know how when someone talks to you, um, you have those friends that they're on their phone the whole time while you're talking to them? You know, and so they give you what? Maybe 20% of their attention? And it's always just, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 totally, that's cool. You know, and, and, and it's just, it's irritating, right? 
And, and then maybe you have friends that give 50%, and we're, we're kind of used to like 70% attention. We're okay with that. We understand you're going to be distracted. You know, but, but that's just, no one gives you their undivided attention. Even, man, I notice that about myself when I'm talking to someone, and that, that phone's buzzing, and I'm just trying to figure out who it is. That's probably this person. They, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, and we're having this conversation. And then I just realized, man, when I'm with God, the same thing is happening. It's like I'm so, like, torn. And then the Bible says to love him with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind. Not 70% attention. And so again, when I get convicted by the word of God, I go, man, I got to do something. I got to do something. And, and um. I just thought, you know, a lot of people are fasting right now for Lent or whatever. You know what? I'm just going to fast from my cell phone and my computer. I'm just going to take 30 days and just turn my phone off, just have an auto response. In fact, Steve tried to text me today. Hey, are you still coming? And he got auto response. Um, it's just, I, I just tell people, look, I'm taking a month off because my prayer life isn't where it's supposed to be. I, I want to be so close to him so that when he returns, it's just like, Oh, yeah, I was just talking to you, huh? You, you know, just one of those, like, we are so, so tight. You're more important to me than anyone else on the world. And you know what? The whole world can wait a month because you're huge. You're everything to me. And I want to be like these guys in Scripture that are just seeking after you and, and setting their mind on things above. And so every, every time, like, I'm a, I, I, I panic, like, oh, I wonder how many emails. And every time that thought comes up, I just immediately go to rejoicing in the Lord and go, God, it's so good. I can't believe, you know, because the Bible commands us rejoice in the Lord always, always. And I'll say it again. That's a serious command. I mean, what other command does he give like that? Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again, rejoice. He doesn't say do not commit adultery ever. I'll say it again, don't commit adultery. But he does say about rejoicing, like I want you to be rejoicing in me all the time. Like, oh man, this is insane. Remember when the, when the disciples came back with joy after casting out demons, Jesus says, hey, don't rejoice that you have power over demons. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And he, he just wants us to be people that are constantly like, man, I've got it good. My name is written in heaven. Are you kidding me? My name is written in the book of life. I should be rejoicing. This is, in, this is incredible. I mean, can you imagine? Imagine if, if this was not the Bible. Imagine if I came here tonight and I told you, hey, God just handed me the book of life. Like everyone who's going to be there, their names are in this book. What would be your first question yeah, can you just check? I mean, I'm pretty sure, but I, can you just check? I just want to make sure. I mean, I, I believe I'm saved by grace through faith, and I, I, but just read it for me. And, and can you imagine if I'm looking for your name? And suddenly I go, Amakamore, however you say it. <laughs> I should have picked an easy Stenstrom. <laughs> you, you know, like, how, how do you see that? Amukamara. Amukamara. Prince. <laughs> like, can you imagine? 
like I read your name out loud right here and go, it's right here. It's right here. What would you do right then? Would you just scream and throw something? Like just, and could I get you down that next week? Could anything happen the next week to depress you? No, your name was written in heaven and there's this confidence and it's like this rejoicing. And he goes, man, that's the way I want you to be. I want you to know that, man, you're one of my sheep and I love you. And, and, and to where you don't, why would you covet something on the earth? Why are you looking at that? You're my child. I love you. And, and so you know what? I, I'm telling you, I'm just like a week, maybe 10 days into this fast from my phone and computer, and I'm telling you, it's done wonders for my time with the Lord. I'm not saying, hey, everyone do this. I'm just saying, do something. Um, because like everyone else, man, I'm just prone to wander. I'm prone to set my mind on things of the earth. And, 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 and of course, the moment you make a decision, like you start thinking about problems and you start thinking, okay, but how, how, what if this person has to get away? What if there's an emergency? And you, few of you are old enough to remember there were days before cell phones. Okay, I lived through it. It was a miracle. Um, you know, it was just, it was fine. We knew how to figure out if there was an emergency, they'll call the hotel, they'll get to you somehow. But I just thought, God, I can't have anything get in the way of you and me. This, this I've got to have. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's embarrassing to admit, but that, that night when all those pastors were there standing and you got the women of compassion, and I'm standing there in India, there was just this sick feeling in me like, God, I don't want you to return yet. Not like this. There's, there's, I want to get closer to you. I want to, I got, I, got, I got to fix this. I woke up in a panic that night, like, God, I am not close to you. Man, you're supposed to be the love of my life. The most important command in this book is to love you with all of my heart and soul and mind, and I'm out doing stuff for you, but just being there and loving you, I've got to fix this. I've got to change this. I want to find all of my identity in you. It's because when I find all of my identity in him, and I'm rejoicing in him, then the stuff, it doesn't matter. The money, it's like, here, take it. <laughs> take it. I am so stinking spoiled. I've got my whole eternity set for me. I really believe that, and I'm just overflowing. And so you know what? I would love to give to your mission. I'd love to, to give to the, man, the thrill of rescue. That, like that picture with Gary and that, that girl, you know, where he's got that big old grin. You know, he's just got that giant cartoon smile. And it's just like, ah, don't we all wish that was us? You know, don't you just look at that and go, okay, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I want a piece of that. I want my life to be about that because that's, that's true treasure, that, 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 that's a type of happiness you can't take away. Like, I helped this girl. I got her out of there. This is insane. And for that girl to be, and, and to think, no, this is nothing. This is what Jesus did for me. He rescued me, and now I get to be like Jesus, and I rescued you. This is the type of life I'm telling you, I'm begging you. Man, seek the things above, and you'll see that that's the type of lifestyle we want to live. We're not talking about, oh, okay, throw a thousand bucks our way. No, no, no. I'm talking about your whole life, surrendering it 
being hidden in Christ. That's what baptism is about tonight, guys. It is not about, okay, I'll add Jesus. Okay, I believe he died on the cross for me. It's not about this intellectual belief that says, yeah, I believe Jesus is the son of God and I believe he died on the cross for the sins of the world. Do you realize that the demons in hell believe that? The demons in hell, they know it in their head. But are they willing to die to themselves and be hidden in Christ and be buried with him and die to the things of the world and put their pride aside and say, you know what, I'm going to come under your lordship, Jesus Christ? No, they won't. And those of you who are entering the waters of baptism, this is exactly what you're saying is I am dying. It's no longer about me. I want to be hidden in Christ so that when Christ returns, that's where my life is. Christ, who is my life, appears. Then he takes me into his glory. And that's what I dream about all day long, seeking the things above, setting my mind on things in heaven, not the things of this earth. You know, I'm just going to pray for you tonight. I'm going to pray for you when you're alone. I'm not going to have like a come forward time right now or anything like that. Because this is about your intimacy. This is about like when you wake up in the middle of the night and something inside of you is like, I personally want you. No one else is watching me. The, the chaplain's not here. My Christian friends aren't here. It's just me at the core of my soul, God. I want to be up there with you. And I just want to dwell with you 100%. And I don't think we can just make that happen right now. And so I would just like to pray for you that God would seek after you and pursue you to where you wake up and there's just something in here that's going, okay, I want that. And I just want, I want to be dead to the things of this world. Father, I am praying for my brothers and sisters in this room and for those in this room who are not my brothers and sisters yet who don't really know you that maybe have done things, but at the end you're going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. God, I don't know how it happens. All I know is I prayed and I said, God, I want to know you better. And you responded and you, you gave me ideas and you, you just brought me into your presence somehow. God, I want you to do that with all of these people somehow. However you did that. Not because I love you right now. I feel like I love you more and I'm enjoying you more than I have in a long, long time. You open my eyes to the things above. And I feel like I'm dead to so many things of this earth that I used to covet. And I pray that you would do that for all of us in this room, God. And for those who are about to be baptized, they would seriously die so that they could find something so much better. An amazing, amazing shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not covet anything on this earth. You are so enough.
more than enough that our cups are overflowing. May we get that. Tonight we repent of all the things on the earth that we've coveted. You're enough, God. Help us to see that. In Jesus' name.